Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Well, I want to uh, formally welcome everybody for joining in today. Now, 3 p.m. Eastern uh, noon, if you're joining us from the West Coast. Thank you for joining us for our latest TMC Connect broadcast today entitled Get More First Time Home Buyers Approved. And uh, just go through some brief housekeeping before we jump in today. Um, today's discussion is going to be recorded and accessible for on-demand playback, either via podcast or as well as on TMC's YouTube channel also. So if you have some folks within your organization, maybe that were interested but not able to join today, uh, just know we'll have some on-demand link access and certainly encourage you to share that out with those within your organization. Um, but for today's discussion, you know, we're all looking to try to find uh, different tools in the arsenal to get more first-time homebuyer applicants in approval status, and you know, hopefully we'll have some more tools out there in the near future to bring down the affordability challenges. Uh, but for today's discussion, we're joined by leaders from Fannie Mae and Thrive Mortgage, really to help show our network here at the Mortgage Collaborative how you can leverage positive rent payment history through DU or Desktop Underwriter and help increase the number of approvals received on first home time home buyer applicants. And then towards the tail end of the discussion, we'll also dive into benefits of utilizing the required 12-month asset report as well. Uh, but as we get started here, want to introduce our three distinguished panelists for today's discussion. So first off, we have Chrissy Hefton, who is Customer Management Solutions, customer and partner, uh, single family representative from Fannie Mae. Uh, Chrissy, thank you for joining today. Thanks for having us. And then also from Fannie Mae, we have Market Readiness and Customer Co-Development Lead, Dane Harris. How you doing, Dane? doing well happy to be here thank you and last but certainly not least we have donnell geyser who's the vice president of operations longtime tmc member out of texas thrive mortgage although she is joining us from the west coast uh, just outside of la right yeah you got it i'm excited to be here and talk about this initiative it's it's been a really big bump for us so excited to share with that well we certainly appreciate you joining in as well as i think it it's a huge benefit to our members at TMC to understand from a, a peer perspective on the lender side, uh, how your organization's able to leverage uh, positive rent. So on that note, let's go ahead and jump right in. Chrissy, I want to start with you here. Maybe if you can kind of set the tone for us in describing what Fannie Mae is doing to help get more first-time home buyers approved. Yeah, so really in the last couple of years, we've really returned to being mission focused, like leading into our mission, which is going to be to facilitate equitable and sustainable home ownership and that access to that credit for those um, within the um, industry or not the industry, the country. So we're really leaning in and in that effort to, to help the home ownership opportunities. That's when we introduced the positive rent history last September within DU. And what this is going to do, and it's one of the many steps that we're taking, and like it's trying to figure out how what we can do to expand and sustain the homeownership opportunities for all of for all populations under the underserved specifically, and closing the homeownership gap. So when we looked at introducing positive rent, 
it was really looked to help enhance that credit assessment when there is a limited credit history. So as we know, limited credit history often disqualifies the renters, even if they've been making their payments on or their rent or all of their things on time and have never missed a payment, if they don't have a lot of history, it cannot it can disqualify them. So, and as we also know, when we're looking at rent, it normally not reported. So when it gets reported, most of the time it's negative. So that just really um, puts a hurts the borrower versus you know helping the borrower with in the times when they need it more. So we're looking at and it's been there's been reports that have shown that when a rent gets reported, it's it's typically going to increase the credit score or the credit profile, even if it's a, they only have limited or poor credit. So that is one of the things, like I said, that's one of many things that we're working on to uh, to help these proce this process and really make home ownership more attainable on our side. No, I mean it's fantastic. You know, we've we've heard it in our industry for years recently too. And looking at leveraging rent payments, utility payments, alternative scoring models, um, you know, to really give some some positive attributes, you know, to those out there who, to your point, have a very limited bureau of scoring on traditional trade lines, and think a little bit more outside the box of, you know, how do we give people out there credit for the the payments that they are making on time or you know suitable trade lines out there that traditional credit reports not seeing so i think this is really unique and um you know i'd love it if you could take it a step further and kind of tell us more about how positive rent payment history really works yeah and i'll back up just to add something to you know just this being a step you know fannie mae is a part of everything we're really as i said it's just one step in the series and they're really trying to spearhead the bringing all the players in the industry together to solve this problem as a whole from a, the rent reporting. Um, this is just, again, this is what pay, our positive rent was one of the pieces that we could do. And but we're hoping that we can continue down that path of, with the entire industry and working together to make that rent reporting even more accessible. So. Now to answer your actual question, how does it work? <laughs> uh, so what do they do when you put the rent within the application, DU is going to use a verification of asset report to look for that rent amount that you put on your application to identify those transactions. So you do have to use a, a verification of assets and you do have to order 12 months because DU is going to look for that consistent rent amount to show that history to increase the borrower's credit assessment. And obviously the goal is to switch, get them switched from an unfavorable finding to an approved eligible by doing this and adding that additional credit. Now, one thing to point out on this is that this is actually only a positive report so if you run this report and you do the verification of assets and we can't identify a consistent history on that report, it's not going to negatively impact the borrower. It's just going to say we couldn't, we couldn't identify it. It doesn't mean that they've missed payments necessarily. I mean, they could have, but 
it's not they're not looking at it that way because it's just saying that they couldn't identify the history that goes along with it to actually improve the credit risk so that's a huge benefit to it to be able to do it because you're only going to help the borrower and make it a positive when you do that when you do this piece of it when we rolled this out uh, and Dane, I, I th I've said this before, and I think you were—you may have been a part of this whole looking in the development of this, but we did a case study on the credit credit profiles and like loans that would have flipped so to approve eligible for if they would have had the payment or the positive rent history payment in their credit profile and at the time there was 17 percent of those loans that received unfavorable findings had they been able to use the rent payments as another thing in their credit assessment it would have changed to approve eligible now that's again that's a, they're utilizing a lot of different um you know different types of loans you know, that's obviously just an you know, average in that one little case study that they did but it just shows like, look at the, if you could get even 10%, you know, of your loans are flipped from approved eligible or an unfavorable to approved eligible, that's 10 more percent of your borrowers that you're getting in. And then you flip it to the other side, even from a company standpoint, not only are you helping these renters get into their homes with production, you know, going down this year and the volume going down, that's 10% more that you are able to approve versus having to turn them away with an unfavorable finding saying you can't get them into a new home. So as well as we want it all be like, you know, feel good, do the right thing and do be a part of this, like making people homeowners, you also have that piece of this can help benefit your business by increasing your the volume that you're doing as well. I uh, couldn't agree more there. I mean, you know, 17% is pretty compelling findings. You get that much more of your applicant pool approved eligible. And, and to your earlier point too, if there's not enough of a positive rent history uh, to source in the findings, or if there's negative findings, you're typically going to see that in some sort of, you know, collection account on a credit bureau anyway. Um, so real quick, I want to remind everybody too. Oh, God, Chrissy. Oh, that's what I say to add another thing. If you don't initially order your 12 months and you get your DU, this little pro tip that in your findings, it actually gives you a message that tells you that, hey, this borrower could benefit from your from getting your rent history in the 12 months. So if you don't even do it at the beginning, you can always do it after you receive that message and see if it can help your borrower still says it's not always because it takes the whole credit profile into account so it's not always going to flip it but at least you have that message that's going to ping you and say hey wait a second well you can still try this you don't have to be done with this borrower yet a uh, quick reminder to our attendees any questions you may have for our three panelists today please feel free to drop those in the chat we're going to have some time towards the end of the series discussion to uh you know voice your questions out there and, and bring some feedback to the table so Chrissy just continuing on I think it's pretty apparent um you know based on the format of the program but love to give you the forum here just to discuss about 
you know, to certain types of home buyers who would most likely be able to benefit from this feature? Well, some of the eligibility requirements in itself is going to, you know, obviously they're going to benefit from it because they have to be eligible for it. So it is only for first time home buyers. So that piece, and, and mainly because, well, they're the ones that typically have the limited credit history or the poor credit that they're going to be the ones that benefit from it. Um, they do have to have at least a 620 credit score and they have to have been running for 12 months. Something to keep in mind that, you know, if we're looking for a 12 month history and they've only been running for six months, that's going to be, um, we're not going to be able to verify that. So that's just going to be that additional piece that you can't, uh, there you can't confirm their rent and they are going to have to the payments have to be at least three hundred dollars on that and you have to have that listed on the application uh the bank accounts are i mean we can look at multiple bank accounts as long as the borrowers give access to all of those uh, if they pay out of multiple accounts we can do that but the borrower has to give access to that through the verification um, of a, the verification of assets to give it. But I really, we talked about it a handful of times talking about really who benefits from it. It's just really those, I mean, you think of those early, when we talked about you know, Gen Z's getting to the age of early purchasing their first time homes and they've been running in college and they've been those people that just really don't have that credit history to have that full profile to get that um or they don't have a or like you think of it they don't have any so you're looking at small like small one or two credit lines so they're barely getting a score until the score is low so adding this into it's going to be the biggest benefit for those borrowers no no question i mean it's a generation two that you know based on the financial crash in 2008 or, you know, a bit more resigned to use traditional forms of credit too. And, you know, with absorbent ref prices these days, it's great to have that in the arsenal for, you know, these folks to be able to get credit for that and, um, you know, steer people more towards getting into home ownership and not having to pay, you know, upwardly increasing rent payments as well, while struggling to try to find those resources then to get down payment in place as well. Um, yeah, you think about how many, I mean, rent is a lot of times a lot more expensive than a mortgage is. Absolutely. So really getting them the transition over, it's just helping them in the long term and you know, back into the housing equity piece for you know all the underserved populations, both from the first time home buyers and then even from a racial standpoint, you know, this is continue getting them in that home ownership. It, is you know, can starting that generational wealth piece for those borrower for those borrowers to continue their legacies. So it just has such a multi-tiered, a multi-tiered um, benefit to getting these people into their first homes. Absolutely. So I mean, we've talked at good length about you know the the profile of the potential borrower that can leverage this program, how positive rent payment history works. Uh, dive in for me, if you will, on what a lender needs to do to take advantage of positive rent. Well, so you you're going to have to look at two things. One, if you're not 
doing verification of assets or any piece of day one certainty or the due validation services, that's going to be the first thing you have to do because you do have to utilize that technology in order to use positive rent. Now, you may also have to adjust some processes. So from your process, you're going to have to, you know, have the education to what for your loan officers to work with the borrowers to understand both the verification of asset piece and giving that getting that borrower to get the consent for excuse me sorry to be able to attain that verification of asset and making sure there's a lot of education that needs to go into both for the loan officers as well as the borrowers for everybody to feel comfortable to um to do this piece of it and do that verification of asset now, once you do that, I mean, step one, you have to put the rent in the loan application. I know a lot of LOSs require like $1 or you, know, you can't skip it because you have to put $1. If you do that and they don't, and they actually have rent, you know, you're going to miss out on the opportunity. So if they are paying rent, make sure you put the actual amount in. Uh, then you're going to have to order the verification of asset report. You're going to have to do that 12 months. And to be able to have that. And then when you submit it into DU, you're gonna enter the reference ID. So DU can know the, uh, to pull the report in to um, analyze it, to give that findings back and you know review the messages to see if it took or it applied to, applied the positive rent to the findings and the credit assessment. So really on the lender side, the biggest lift is you know, if you don't have a vendor, you'll have to get set up with an authorized BOA supplier, changing your process to ordering 12 months. Those are the two biggest things that's from a learning curve if you're not already doing verification of assets that you'll have to add into your process. And a great plug too for, uh, you know, the loan officer checklist. We were just talking about that, you know, before we started the discussion today. So it's a reminder for our attendees out there and our follow-up correspondence, Dana will be kind enough to provide um, some asset links as well that will give you really the full rundown on positive rent-related resources from Fannie Mae. Um, at this point, Donnell, I want to bring you into the conversation here very intrigued to understand more how you're able to leverage positive rep from a Thrive perspective. Um, so first off, maybe you could tell us, you know, what you see as some of the unique advantages for using positive rep payment history. I think Chrissy did a great job at really kind of explaining that um, to us. You know, it's it's a hundred percent an additional compensating factor, you know, and being able to really get those first time home buyers that don't have that extensive credit history um, and actually get that approved eligible. And so that was, you know, that that to us has been the biggest lift. I mean, you know, obviously from a corporate bottom line type of standpoint, it's growing your business and it's being able to say yes to more clients and more families and get them into homes. It's also a benefit for your realtor partners and your referral partners, your title companies, you know, being able to say, hey, I've got an additional tool in my toolkit that we can possibly help, you know, and target your first time home buyers, especially if they've been denied by other lenders. We've got something different. We're doing something different that we can possibly get a new family into a home to have those memories and really service our communities that we're in locally. So it's been good. 
it's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's such a competitive marketplace right now. Any key differentiator like that can only help you win at the end of the day, especially exactly. with those partners. Yep. Hundred percent, and it just you know again it brings back that whole full circle. I've been denied if I'm a borrower. I've been denied by somebody. Oh well, this let me let me introduce you to my friends that have also been denied, or you know the realtor partners that are working with you know first time home buyers of a magnitude, probably a bigger audience than even we see on a daily basis as lenders. You know, and and again, it's just word of mouth that they're doing something different. They've got a different tool. Um, you know, and especially with this compensating factor that we have with the positive rent payment. Yes, Chrissy hit on it a little bit. It took a lot of education, a lot of conversation and scripting. Um, but I, I would say that 10% lift, um, we are 100% seeing that and even greater. So it's, you know, just to be able to say the gratitude too that you receive at the end of the day when you get that first time home, you've made a client for life. I mean, you truly have. And that's, I think that at the heart of it, that's why we're all in this business is truly to help families into homes. You beat me directly to the punch. That's exactly what I was thinking. Client retention too. And you're able, you know, to get them across the finish line from, I would imagine a lot of cases having a past history of either getting declined or not being able to figure out that avenue. You're going to get referrals from it and they're going to want to stay with you for the long term because you showed a vested interest in them as well. So it's fantastic. Um, You know, we talked about a lot of education, um, you know, to try to create that buy-in, but maybe we could dive in a little deeper on how Thrive implemented verification assets and positive rent um, to create the most buy-in from your originators. Sure. Lots of conversation. Um, you know, it, it definitely started with us looking at the data, looking at what we have. So we were very fortunate before this even rolled out, we were already talking about verification of asset, day one certainty. Um, you know, we truly look at it and view it and, and talk about it as speed to close, right? Because if you're not having to go back to your borrowers and ask for additional updated bank statements or, you know, paycheck stubs, because we don't have an automated verification of employment income, um, you know, and especially when you hit summertime, people are off on vacations. Oh, I'm in Europe for two weeks. I'll get it to you when I can. No, we, we needed it yesterday. Um, so it, it's truly taking that speed to close. And that's how we've always looked at day one certainty and truly the automation piece of a lot of these different, you know, income verifications, um, employment, and especially the asset piece, just not having to go back and now send me your new bank statement. So when this came along, it was really I mean, I don't want to say it's difficult, but it was it was kind of a, hey, here's another positive thing that you can do if you use the, the automated verification of asset. I will say the biggest thing that we actually took on was truly educating and even scripting out to our teams on how to sell this to their borrowers. Because if you're talking to a loan officer and you're a borrower, especially a first-time home buyer, you don't know what the process is. You don't know and understand a lot of the time, why do you need 8 million pieces of documentation from me? I'm just trying to buy a house. Um, you know, it's, it's, you've got to make them understand and feel comfortable with the, the access that they're giving you, especially when you're talking about bank statements and, and even employment, social security information, that sort of thing. So scripting was really big for us and rolling that out. We use a lot of read only access. 
So we're not going in. We don't have access to move money around on your bank statements. Wish we did, but we don't. We're not going to anyway if we're in the loan process. <laughs> we want that money to stay, stay still. Um, but really just making sure that they understand and that the borrowers are comfortable with providing that access to us and that they know what we're going to do with it. You know, and, and really educating our our LO teams to educate the borrowers on how we're going to use this information. Um, we also did a little bit of tweaks with our, our upfront POS system that's powered through Simple Nexus. Um, we've lovingly branded it as iThrive. But, you know, just having that, even that business intelligence behind your POS system as they're moving through that application process to ask those questions up front at time of application. Hey, can we get this access? And heads up, you know, from your loan officer as you're going through this online application, you're going to get that, that authorization question. This is what we're going to do with it. This is how it's going to be easier for you. You don't have to provide us an additional five pieces of documentation. And your loan process is going to move just that much faster and give you an additional compensating factor. So, you know, making sure that our loan officers felt comfortable having those conversation. They had some keywords again, going back to that read only access that's been really powerful for us. Um, and just making sure that everybody was comfortable with the entire process along the way and, and having those conversations up front. And then for us, it really started, you know, I mean, from we can talk at a corporate level and push information down, but what really is powerful is when your peers start talking about it. You know, so getting our loan officers that were actually engaging in this positive rent payment and seeing the success, flipping it from an ineligible to an approved eligible and really sharing that experience. And so we actually had part of our training team was monitoring it. And when we would see those loans come through, reaching out to those loan officers and saying, hey, I know we've talked about this a lot on company update calls or, you know, pushed out information, but let me, you actually have an opportunity right now in your pipeline. Let's go through it together and getting some of those more expressive and vocal loan officers to really get in, try it, see the results, and then be that megaphone from the mountaintop to really talk to their peers about, hey, guys, you can pick up another couple of loans with this, you know, especially if you are that first time home buyer expert. Um, it works. And of course, it's not in every case, but most cases we've seen that we've actually have implied it and, you know, just used it. It, it does work. And it's always a positive experience when it does. One thing I do want to say that, you know, Chrissy was talking about. We did have to train our loan officers to not just put in a dollar <laughs> on the rent because that is a common thing. Everybody's moving super fast and making sure that, you know, we actually capture that. But one really great enhancement that Fannie has come out through this program is that if you put in $500 for your rent payment and then maybe as we get the asset verification coming back and it's 525 or maybe, you know, your borrower gets a new pet or a dog or a cat and all of a sudden their rent payment goes up because now they've got, you know, this, this pet deposit that they have to pay each month. As long as it's within that general vicinity of, of the amount that you've put on the, the 1003, it's still going to pick it up and validate it. So we were really kind of making sure, okay, ask the rent question, get the exact amount, get it verified. Um, but the great enhancement is that it will pick it up as long as it's consistently seeing it each month for 12 months and it's within that general range. Yeah, Danielle, I love what you said about having a plan to engage the borrower. Like make sure the loan officers are comfortable about how you're going to speak about it because a lot of first time home buyers actually are more familiar than they might think 
They grew up using Zelle and Cash App and Venmo, and they use Intuit for Mint, and it's the same technology. Those platforms actually can move your money for you. Right. It's just as secure. It's actually the most secure way you can provide your asset information. A fax and an email is way less secure with the exact same personal data being provided. And I think phrasing things in those terms has really helped with the borrower adoption side. It makes it easier for your staff to engage those borrowers. And, you know, they're comfortable from day one. They feel good about it from day one as a result. Um, but having a real intentional plan, not just saying it exists, but, you know, we've seen lenders come out with a video where every new borrower gets a link. If you're a first-time home buyer, you get a link to a video explaining the process, how safe it is, what it means, what it can do for you. And those things make your staff's job easier. So, you know, you don't have to have a perfect script every time. But having those arguments in your in the back of your brain when you go to engage gets that borrower participation. Because the last thing you want is to have a borrower you can help who then doesn't feel comfortable participating, even though you know you can help them. And right. I think you can't underscore that enough. And we see that across the lenders who are adopting it. Yeah, that's a great idea. And you could even push that out through your CRM. So it's not a human on the other side creating that email and sending it out. It's, hey, you've applied, here's the link, you know, and or, or I got you as a referral, pushing that out through your CRM. So that's brilliant. I love that. Great points across the board, leveraging technology. And Dana, I love the add-on too about, you know, thinking about it from a, a millennial Gen Z standpoint, the, the familiarity with a lot more of these um, <clears throat> electronic forms of, you know, managing your, your bank accounts or transferring funds. We have such a traditional mindset in our industry too about trying to break down that barrier for maybe somebody more advanced in years who's used to traditional paper transactions and you know their traditional banking formats to that. If you make that, that peer comparison, it doesn't feel as intrusive or, or overwhelming. So I appreciate you recommending that. Um, Daniel, you know, you've already gone in great extent to from a lender perspective, uh, you know, thinking positive reinforcement for positive rent. Um, but anything else from an advice standpoint that you might impart upon, you know, lenders out there as they look to implement verification of assets and positive rent? Don't stop talking about it. I think that's the that's the biggest thing, you know, is is making sure that if you say it once, say it 45 more times and then get on that level um, with your teams and really show them the benefit. And it, it will take a while, but it catches on, you know, just like every other new initiative that we roll out. Um, you know, it, it, they want to see the benefit of it. They want to understand and truly showing them that that speed to close. Even that's that's been a really big positive uh, influencer on adoption for us too, and just making sure that everybody knows the tools that are out there. And you may hear about it on a company update call or pushed out, you know, in an operational email. Um, but following that up with with many conversations, even on a regional level, um, like I said, just don't stop talking about it because it is out there. It does work, and the more that people engage in it and use and it, use the more it. familiar it becomes. And, and you will get adoption across the board eventually. <laughs> but the more you talk about it, the faster it will happen, truly. That's right. Even leveraging your internal peers on the LO level that are having success with it. You know, nothing speaks louder than seeing that uh, volume pipeline pay dividends off of those uh, early adopters as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So quick reminder to our audience, still have a few more minutes in today's discussion. So if you do have any questions for our panelists, 
please feel free to drop those into the chat here. And Dean, we've spent a lot of time of the discussion really focused on positive rent. And, you know, would love uh, you to add your perspective here for some additional advantages in ordering a 12-month asset report. Absolutely. Yeah, I think on the, in the grand scheme of things, the message I want everyone to take away is that the industry in the whole and Fannie Mae is moving to digital validation of the data we need to collect on borrowers. And we're taking a big step forward that direction with 12 months of assets because you can see direct from the depository checking and savings account, a full history of a borrower where there's no middleman, there's no party or chain of data through an employer for a VOI or a VOE. You know, we're getting that direct asset data um, from the vendor who's ordering it. And from that, we can do a lot. And so we're moving in a direction in Fannie Mae where we can validate income, assets, and employment all from one 12-month asset report. And I think that overlaps well with what Danielle's saying. It's, you know, you're using the DU validation service. It's a process that most lenders are familiar with. I order a report. I associate it to a case file in DU. DU gives me back lucrative messages. And, you know, you're going to get that with assets today. You're going to get that with positive rent if they have rent payments coming out of that depository account. And in the future, we're going to have income and employment verification. So, you know, today the work number ADP, a lot of the big players in the VOI and VOE space, they cover a portion of the American population, but you have to work for a big employer. You have to have an ADP style system. So a lot of borrowers in America who have different kinds of employment pay different kinds of ways. And what, what we're moving toward with the single source validation for assets is anyone who has a direct deposit account, you get paid consistently from your employer for 12 months we can look at that money coming into your account. We can see the income that's coming in every two weeks or every month. We can see the employer name, the borrower's name, the date they paid you, how much they paid you. Um, and by adopting assets now, you build that foundation for your lender to be able to take advantage of that in the future, um, which is coming you know, later this year market-wide. So that's the message I want everyone to hear is, yes, you get immediate benefit today, but putting ordering an asset for that borrower, an asset report early and often in your process He's going to give you a lot more and getting the groundwork laid today sets you up to take advantage of that. Uh, so at a, at a high level, um, you know, it expands access to that fast close, that day one certainty, that validation. It makes the borrower a competitive borrower. You don't have to work for an ADP company to get the best from the lender, to get the best from Fannie Mae. You can have direct deposits from anywhere in the world and we can associate your income and employment give you asset income, employment validation, help renters get into homes, all from one cheap, affordable asset report versus having a combination of asset report, an expensive VOI, VOE, a 10-day reordering of a VOI, VOE. Now we're talking about three, four, five reports you have to borrow or have to order for that borrower. And it doesn't even cover a lot of borrowers. It only covers a subset of your pipeline. And so thinking about assets that way now in your lender shop, prioritizing a process that gets borrowers on board with credentialing access to their asset reports, it's going to set you up and take up advantage of lucrative validations. And right now, the product that we're, we're mulling over, the single source validation for Fannie Mae, it's also going to come with best-in-class close-by windows for income and employment. And I think that's, that's something that, um, you know, a 10-day VVOE gets expensive and it adds a hurdle before close. If we can see consistent payments coming in, we actually see the real dollars for that borrower. We get 45 days in employment today is what we're testing with no VVOE, four months for income. 
So if we can look at your financial history and Fannie Mae can see it directly, that borrower's real life dollars, we can offer lenders efficiency, longer close by windows, more validations for fewer, cheaper, more affordable reports. And I think it really sets you up to grow. And it's only the beginning. Like we have a three to five year plan to add more and more and more analysis onto an asset report to get better and better at doing more for lenders with the same cheap, affordable 12 month asset. Yeah, I mean, that speaks volumes to everything a lender wants to hear. You know, Danielle, you mentioned earlier in the discussion, the, the power of speed to close and any avenue out there to reduce the cost to produce. Um, and to your point, you know, not having to go through these multiple sources day and, and constantly reorder and push out that closing process. Music to the ears, I would imagine, just about every mortgage lender out there in this country. So that's fantastic to hear what's coming down the line as well. Um, you know, in addition to your comments and getting on board early, any sort of change management we know is a challenge to get your sales and op staff, you know, up to speed on and getting comfortable seeing those additional features within the DU findings. To your point, as Fannie Mae is able to roll out some more enhanced functionality, your team's already got a comfort level with seeing this information, how to process it. It's less questions as you go to adopt. Yeah. And every lender in America today has access to DU validation service. And it truly is as simple as ordering a report and sending the report ID to DU. And when you do that, DU gives you messages. For positive rent, you know, you need to have a rent there. You need to have a rent total there. You need to have the borrower's name. You need to have where they work. Components of the 1003 that exist universally today. So um, while there is some work you can do to get the most out of these products, at the end of the day on the technology side, this is taking advantage of something that almost every lender in America already does. We order a third-party report. We give the ID to DU. You know, we make sure we have the borrower's basic information right. What's their name? Where do they work? How much do they rent for? These are our core components of what it means to be a mortgage. And we're taking that system and really not introducing much change for you. So you do the same thing you've always done. Fannie Mae gives you more lucrative messages back to help you get more borrowers in and close faster with more security, with rep and warrant. Um, so I think that's the message I want most people to hear is that, you know, when we think about this as a technology change, it's really something that we've invested on the back end so that you can invest much less, have much faster adoption. Um, and, and it's not earth shattering. I think the biggest change, which everyone should take back to their own lender is, how do we prioritize 12 month assets going forward? Are we thinking about this? Are we ordering assets early? Are we ordering them often? Are we ordering them for all borrowers? Are we missing opportunities where they could have had a positive rent approved eligible, but oh, it's an afterthought um, versus it being a baked in part of the process where we're setting ourselves up now to, to reap all the rewards going forward. No, it's fantastic. I mean, it only makes sense to look to adopt sooner rather than later, especially if you want to reap the dividends of, you know, 17% more approved eligible applicants coming through your pipeline. I couldn't agree more, Nate. Well, excellent. Well, on that note, I want to thank each of the three of you for taking the time out today. A uh, really exciting discussion with some positivity out there with uh, some relative doom and gloom kind of looking out forward in our industry right now. So I certainly appreciate the insights and just a reminder to our audience as well, we're going to have access in the follow-up to 
uh, for some website information direct through Fannie Mae so you can have all the resources out there uh, for how, how to leverage positive rent within your own organization. So uh, Chrissy, Dane, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you each have a great afternoon. Yeah, thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks for having us. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.